The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss some business strategies for MarTech companies. Joining us is Chris Hartvigson, who is the CEO and co-founder at Dooley, which is a tool to help sellers update Salesforce faster. Dooley is now a connected workspace that brings together revenue teams to close more deals. With Dooley, sellers become the best versions of themselves by eliminating the busy work, selling with consistency, and collaborating with the right people so they can hit their number. And today, Chris and I are going to talk about product-led SaaS growth. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Chris Hartvigson, CEO and co-founder of Dooley. Chris, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk about what is an increasingly popular buzzword, not only in product circles, marketing circles, and revenue optimization, this whole notion of product-led. Basically, you're having your website do all the work for you. Talk to me a little bit about what product-led means to you and how does it impact SaaS growth? Product-led growth means that you're addressing a different set of problems than businesses in, in the enterprise typically would go after. If you think about the old way of selling, we used to sell into the director of IT, the CIO, the IT department, if you will. And we were addressing things that were sort of like corporate requirements around reporting and dashboards and whatnot. Eventually, that got pushed down into the executive for each vertical layer within the organization. So finance and HR and sales. And those senior leaders were still making decisions specifically around the things that they needed to have in terms of like information stores and whatnot. And that's when you started to see things like salesforce.com come online and become the solution du jour for organizations to be able to have like their information silos. We're in a world right now where the user has become much more powerful and we have a lot of apps on a per user basis. I think in, in sales, the average number of apps per salesperson, something like 13 different applications. The user has a lot of choice in what they use and if they're going to use it now. So we all know the ongoing joke of nobody ever updates the CRM because nobody ever has time or people feel really entitled or whatever the excuse happens to be. But the truth of the matter is the end users in today's world, and then we'll talk specifically about our world, they have a lot of pain. And that pain is around the things that are keeping them away 
from their high value work. So you think about something like Zoom, what is the pain that Zoom resolves? Well, Zoom makes it very easy for me and you to have a conversation really quick and a user finds it and a user tells a bunch of other users about it. And then somebody else writes a check and you buy it. In our world, a salesperson has a problem. They're trying to earn as much bank as they possibly can on their monthly earnings from their commissions. And everything that takes them away from that high value, high performing mode is a source of anguish, a source of frustration. I understand what you're saying, but what does product-led growth mean? It means that you're building a product that users discover, users are looking to solve their own pains, and users either purchase it themselves or champion it around the business. It goes viral around the business, and somebody writes a check for a product that they didn't even know that they needed because the users were the ones that brought it to their attention as opposed to it coming from the top down, the more traditional sales process. Yeah, it's a disruption or disintermediation from what used to be the procurement team. Hey, we need a software. Let's go get RFPs. We're going to think top down. Somebody's going to buy something and we're going to install it into our organization as opposed to there's a free trial, a freemium model, and that gets bubbled up and started getting adoption in an organization and gets to the point where you're paying for freemium products. Yeah. And specifically solving an end user pain, which is the important part of this, as opposed to solving a business pain, it's a pain that the end user feels viscerally. Yeah. And so to me, a lot of these tools that are product-led growth tools, I think of Airtable as a great product-led growth team where, hey, we started using this tool that has some APIs and some connectors, and it just allowed us to not have everything in Excel. People could share it. All of a sudden, the entire organization is using this one collaborative tool, and we're building analytics and dashboards and now we have to start paying for seats and everything. Wonderful tool. We use monday.com, another product-led growth tool as well. You know, I think of product-led growth specifically in SaaS as something that is basically replicating what's been happening in the B2C side. Consumers are looking for end solutions and products. And so they're going and buying, I guess the metaphor would be point solutions to solve a problem. Amazon's made a great business out of like, I need this one cord to make this connection from this laptop to my monitor. And it's a point solution. And now we're seeing sort of a similar thing in SaaS. So talk to me about who's getting traction with product-led SaaS. Are there specific models that are working, verticals? Talk to me a little bit more about where the adoption is. I think that the PLG product-led growth is sort of universal in the enterprise now. You can PLG pretty much any part of the business now, whether it be in the sales stack, stuff like what we're doing, or in the product management stack, there's a product called Product Board very product-led growth-oriented company that just raised a, a whole whack of money at a big valuation. You have the OGs in the space. So if we go back to the original people that were doing this, Slack. Slack is one of the most PLG companies on the planet in terms of what they do. And Zoom would be right there with them. Then you have the Calendly's of the world. Again, one of the OGs that, that was really fostering the model and Tope over at Calendly has built an amazing business around helping you do one thing really well, set your appointments right? We've expensified. We've got a whole series of people that are just chipping away at those little things that are nagging to the individual. Yeah, that's what I would call a point solution. And we're starting to see them build this model where you get some adoption. Where's the point when you're doing something that's product-led PLG, product-led growth focused, where you start to move beyond the free or freemium model into paid for somebody that's looking to move their model towards PLG? How do they think about when they're going to generate revenue? The trick to the model is to create enough value that the user wants to use it as a standalone experience. 
And it, oftentimes what you do is you give them the whole product to play with up front and you tell them what you're going to take away over time. But usually, like in our experience and in our model, what we do is we start to offer team experiences. So here's your individual, your single player mode, and you can use it all day, all night, free, no problem. But as soon as you want to do things that have maybe a little bit more history, where you want to go back past 30 days, or you want to invite more people into the experience, those are the gates, right? So give people enough that they will use it on a regular basis and fall in love with it. Give them a taste of what's possible with the next tier. And then once you get your power users, they'll start to chip in. So we have a number of tiers, for example, in our platform that allow people to do incremental things that will invite more users and frankly, make us stickier over time as well. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. You know, the last real job that I had was doing marketing for a laundry and dry cleaning delivery company. And we have this notion of knocking over a building where when we had somebody that was in an apartment complex that was a customer, we would offer incentives or put more marketing focus on the people that lived in that building so our drivers wouldn't have to go to different places. Talk to me about how you think about knocking over a metaphorical enterprise when you're a product-led growth company. How do you figure out how to get adoption from product-led growth beyond just the initial super user? It's different based on your product, but in our case, we have something that's pretty hands-on, right? So with us, it starts with the value system and making sure that we understand what our end users are really suffering from in terms of the pain. Our values are all centered around craftspersonship and building something that makes people feel delighted and reduces clicks and reduces mouse travel and solves the challenges that they have in their daily life. What we do from there is we create moments where it makes sense to share with other people whether that be the email that tells you, hey, great, you just sent your first note. If it was a great experience, why do you invite more people on your team? And then they can experience the same thing that you did. We'll make you the hero in the story or invite your manager so you can do your pipeline reviews or invite your sales enablement team so that they can start to build out the playbook to support you on your deals. Right? All of those different things 
become referral mechanisms in our experience. Some of those are via the product itself being shared. Like you think about Calendly as a great example. I do a calendar invite to you, you use my Calendly link and you sign up for a meeting with me. What does it say at the bottom? You want to use Calendly yourself? Click here, start using. Same thing with Dooley, same thing with a lot of different products. We're trying to engage and activate people through some sort of an invite mechanism or referral mechanism. And if you create raving fans, they'll talk about it on social as well. Now, when you started Dooley, did you start as a product-led growth company or did you have a different model from the outset? I think we always started the vision of the business to be something that had a lot of craft and really solved end-user problems. I don't think that we consciously said it was product-led growth, but we knew we were building a freemium model and then just started to really double down on the principles, the guiding principles of what makes you a great product-led growth company. The users took us there. So you've gone through this metamorphosis of being a product-centric company to a product-led growth company. You mentioned Calendly as a company that we would call it, you know, one of the stereotypical product-led companies. So I'll use them as an example. Pretend for a second that I'm your head of marketing and I say, Chris, I've been using this tool to schedule meetings. It's called Calendly. I don't want to pay for it, but I want everybody in the sales team to use this as well. Can you break out the credit card so people can start using this tool to schedule meetings? Now, there's two types of managers. Some people are going to say, schedule your own damn meetings, put in the work. And some people who are thinking, great, automation, process, this is wonderful. We'll have an aggregated, centralized tool. How do you make the sales pitch when you're figuring out who to sell to, knowing that you're not actually going to be the one directly selling to the buyers? A lot of times, and in particular, again, think about our experience, again, think about Slack. Individuals don't pay for Slack. Somebody within the IT section or operations section of the business is going to pay for that as a central application for everybody. In our world, we would typically get like a sales leader to pay for the product. And why would they pay for it? Because their whole team is using it. They know that there's other things that they can unlock by paying for it. They know that they're seeing operational improvements and operational performance. And they're frankly, their team is going, look, this is solving some real visceral pain for me. And if, if we unlock the next level of it, I can do even more. So the cost justification is usually there. There's a marketing question in there, which is delivering the value points through the end users. Someone has to market to me, the head of marketing at Calendly, needs to market to me as the user of the product, then I need to deliver that message to you, the person with the purchasing power. So how do you deliver the appropriate message through your users so they can articulate the value proposition, not just to them, but to the entire organization? Yeah, again, I kind of selfishly look at this through our lens. So we have a lot of things that we do to try to get other people in the company to understand why this is helpful. For example, we have email digests that go out that will articulate some of the win moments that each individual has had over a period of time. When we think about our messaging on our site, we have a number of different areas where people can travel to on the site or even in our social content that are more specific to the unique personas that need to think about it through their own lens. So on our site, we have buyer personas. It's very unusual for an end user to go, I'm looking for a solution that will solve this problem for me. They're usually hearing about it through word of mouth, through their network, through a lot of the stuff we do on social, et cetera. So our site tends to tailor more toward the value back to the rest of the business. It's like closing the loop. We use the end user as an upfront case study, if you will. And then the case study gets shared with the rest of the company. That helps to knock down the wall and get people to look at it. I guess the last question for you is, is there a model 
where you're building this product-led growth mechanism to get you to the buyers, but then you're also working with a sales team to say, look, we've got this many people in your organization using the tool. They're basically coming at this as a two-front war, a bottoms-up, the team is saying they're using this tool and they need your credit card, and a top-down, the salesperson is coming in to the executive saying, look how much adoption our tool already has within your organization. Is that something that's a popular mechanism? 100%. So the way that we talk about that internally is when a user signs up, it's a product-qualified lead. When we get a series of users that sign up, we think of that as a product-qualified opportunity, at which point we'll activate a sales organization or our sales organization to engage top-down. We already know the pain. We already know the adoption. We already know the use cases. We've talked to the end users. So when we talk to that sales leader, the sales enablement person, whoever, we have 90% of the deal already done. It's more around the mechanics of how do you buy that are needed to be articulated at that point in time, because all the information is already there. You know, when I thought of product-led growth before this conversation, I was thinking about taking the selling out of an organization, using technology and crafting workflows that enable people to use your products and for you to basically build in upsells. And in reality, that's not exactly what product-led growth is. It's creating a business model that allows people to use your products and building in upsells, but also equipping your sales organization to have the data and the case studies to be able to effectively sell enterprise scale products. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Chris Hart-Vixen, CEO and co-founder of Dooley, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Chris and I are going to discuss the Sales Happiness Index for MarTech companies. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Chris Hart-Vixen. That's K-R-I-S-H-A-R-T-V-I-G-S-E-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is dooley.ai, D-O-O-L-Y dot A-I. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your, uh, let's see, contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, We're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.